If you're interested in agriculture and curious about insurance, you're in the right place. We can't wait to share our knowledge, experience, and stories with you. Well, we've got a special guest, another brave one, Vicki. I don't know how we're handling this, but this one is a super special guest. Today, we have Taryn Moore of Moore Farms and Insurance is joining us from the great state of Texas. He hails from Winona, Texas, and had attended Tarleton State Tarleton State University, where he received a degree in agriculture services and development. Taryn currently works as an insurance agent for Texas Farm Bureau, woohoo, and Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Companies. He's also a farmer, producing peas, okra, one of my favorites, and turnip greens. Welcome to the show, Taryn. Hey, good to hear from y'all. We're glad you joined us. I'm going to say, I know Tracy said, I think, did you say the okra was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I I might fight you over that okra for frying it, and <laughs> I'd love I'd love some of those peas, but I'll let y'all have the turnip greens. Oh, yeah. Hey, they, they all have really good health benefits, but uh, I will say fried okra is, a, is the way to go. Absolutely. Well, I mean, let's face it. You boil it, you put it in your mouth, it's sliding down whether you want it or not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. That's my experience with boiled okra. I'm going to stay away from it. Yes, um, ma'am. One of the things that I love to do is I, I kind of play, I like to play a little game when we um, have people on, and I even do this to Tracy, and just kind of ask a game, you know, ask a question, kind of get to know each other a little bit more. So I thought about it, and this week I think I want to ask y'all, I mean, or should I say, everybody's life should have a theme song. So if your life had a theme song, what would it be, Taryn? So if my life had a theme song, it would probably be um, Good Directions by Dirks Bentley, reason being because he's sitting on a flatbed truck selling turnip greens. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's, it's a story of my life chasing down some pretty girl from the city and uh, trying, to, trying to get everything sold. So that's probably my theme song is me sitting on the back of a flatbed truck selling turnip greens trying to fly down some pretty girl from the city. And is your mama going to send it right back to you? See, I, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Tracy? Well, and I have to admit, when it comes to karaoke, I favor anything by Cindy Lauper, but Girls Just Want to Have Fun would definitely be my theme song, not only because of all of my many adventures, but I just came off a, a women's weekend where I went whitewater rafting and jumped 100 feet off of a platform. I think that... Oh, heck no. I think that this girl just wants to have fun. That's me. Oh, yeah. You just said 100 feet off a platform? Yes, I sure did. And you're right. You were in your right mind, and you jumped 100 <laughs> feet off the platform. Y'all have yes. fun with that. Yes, it <laughs> I was, agree, Taryn. It was, it was definitely that, that couple of seconds when you first do the step off that I thought, what did I just do? But... <laughs> You know, the good Lord was with me and the cables worked and I'd already watched about 10 people go down safely and I felt pretty secure. It just is 
a, a real heart-wrenching experience to say the least. <laughs> what about yeah. you, Vicki? What's yours? Oh, you know, it's going to come out. It's the eye of the tiger. Oh, oh my. You know, I just, I, it kind of hit me in the last few weeks, too. Because I feel like every time I've turned around, there's been this wall that's gotten built up in front of me. I get something in my head. I'm going to do it. I set out to do it. This wall gets built, and I have to break my way through it. And so I've decided that's just kind of my theme song. I'm just carrying that fighter in me. And honest to goodness, I hope I never lose them. That's right. Kind of got that rocky thing going, you know, I'm bouncing back and forth. I wish I had the energy to run up the steps, but, um, you know, I think for me right now, I, that's, that would be my theme song. And I'm probably like everybody, our theme songs kind of change as our life changes and things happen. But right now that's it. I think there's just that fighter in me that's just telling me to keep fighting. I like that. I do too. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, enough games, enough of that stuff. Let's get down to the good stuff. And um, Taryn, I just, when we, Tracy and I started talking about inviting people onto the podcast and who we're going to choose, how we're going to choose somebody, your name just kept popping into my head. And part of it is, you know, we call our podcast Protect and Grow. Um, Yes, we usually pertain to helping people protect the things that they grow, but one of the things that we grow as people is our inner self, and I I just, you are just this wealth of sunshine all the time, and when I was going through some hard times and just kind of struggling, you know, business-wise, what am I doing, you reached out to me, and... um, you have constantly been a support and a beam of sunshine in my life. And I think that there are so many people out there that just benefit from knowing Taryn more. And so that's why I wanted you to be here. And in doing that, I did kind of, you know, stalk you a little bit once you decided you were going to come <laughs> on the podcast. It was like, okay, he agreed to come on the podcast. Let me do a little stalking, um, a little thing, see what I can find out about you. Um, I was so impressed. I went all the way. Back. I found articles about you in FFA in high school, articles about you in college, um, and everything was so inspirational. You were always so positive. You were always just telling these amazing stories of just not giving up. And one of the articles that I read, though, and it was a recent article, and it said that um, you're an insurance agent Monday through Friday and that you're a farmer on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I kept playing with that in my head because, you know, I follow you on Facebook and also on Twitter. And if there's one thing I do know about you, that is that you're an insurance salesperson 24-7. Oh, yeah. And you're also (laughs) a And you're also a farmer 24-7. Yes, ma'am. So, I just, I think of you as the 24-7 farming insurance guy from Texas. <laughs> I love it. Tag you know, Yep. Amen to it. Because your love of agriculture and the insurance business is, a, is just apparent in everything that you do. 
And I always love how you find a way to just promote both of the things that you're so passionate about. With that said, I'm a, we're going to go back a little bit in time. And can you, how did you get involved in agriculture? So it was kind of on accident, I guess you can say. Um, I joined FFA or joined an ag class kind of uh, as hoping it to be a blow-off class when I was a, a freshman in high school. And I was a guy sitting in the back, very quiet, um, was not very involved in anything at all. And for some reason, my ag science teacher um, kind of volunteered me to join <laughs> farm skills. <laughs> they needed one more person to be on the team. And uh, mostly everyone in the class was already assigned to a team. I was the one guy in the back, kind of quiet, not doing anything. She said, hey, Terry, uh, when you want a person for farm skills, would you be willing to uh, willing to come to practice and join? I said, well, it's not really my thing, you know. I, I have no farm experience at all. I'm really not interested in farming or anything like that at all. But, um, you know, if y'all really need someone, I guess I will um, kind of practice and sign up. And so I signed up, went to practice, and – from that day on, I just had this spark for, for agriculture, and it just kind of took off from there. So it started off as me kind of just doing this class, just kind of hoping to sit in the back and be quiet and mind my own business and not, and not do much of anything. But, man, it just uh, – joining that, joining that farm skills team, I, I learned so much about hands-on activities and things you can do in agriculture, and I just – I honestly just fell in love. That's pretty awesome. Really awesome. Are you involved in any other type of ag organizations or groups? Yes. I actually just got back from, uh, well, not just got back. I, got, I went to uh, Atlanta, Georgia, I believe sometime in the beginning of this year. I, I, my time, my time's run, get, run together sometimes, but it was sometime in 2020, I believe. Um, and it was actually the um, Black Growers Council. And so it's a group of minority farmers across the uh, across the south or actually the u.s but mostly most of them were in the south and um, my topic was discussing millennials and agriculture so my part of their organization also the um, of course texas farm bureau my favorites um, i am 100 percent dedicated and loyal to farm bureau i love everything they do so i'm very involved on the ag side with them with the young farm and rancher program and also um Texas Landowners Association. I'm mm -hmm. also involved in their organization as well. So um, I just, I try to be very diverse with um, my, with my organizations, but they're all mostly pertain to uh, mostly pertain to agriculture across the board. Hey, you know, I always say you got to do what you're passionate about. That's right. That's right. You know, if you don't follow your heart and you set out to do something and you're just doing it because that's what you think you need to do, not because it's what your heart's telling you to do. It just seems like it shows people know people see the real, real you. Exactly. Exactly. Which does bring up the question. We know now how you got the farming bug, but how did Texas Farm Bureau Yeah, so um, I was very involved on the ag side of Farm Bureau when I was in uh, when I was in high school, and so when I got to college, I joined the um, the Young Farm and Rancher program. So basically, we meet 
I think it was once a quarter or semi-annually we meet together and just it'd be mm. a group of young of young producers and we'd sit down and kind of discuss um, our struggles, our victories, what we're doing, what we're doing to uh, improve our operations. And it's really just a community of, uh, of young agriculturalists coming together and just sharing our stories and sharing our thoughts and our ideas. And we also have the, uh, the fall towards a huge hit. We t- take a tour of a farm across the state, somewhere different every year. And we stay there for a couple of days and mix and mingle. And it was, it's always a blast. And so just being involved with Farm Bureau, um, even, even through college, I did a um, discussion meet discussing, you know, eminent domain and immigration laws and labor sword and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. basically being so involved on the ag side opened the opportunity to join the insurance side because I kind of knew who I was just from the farming background. And they yep. said, Hey, um, actually I started, I started to apply for jobs and I actually got shut down probably about 60 times by different work by different companies. I mean, I applied to so many jobs when I was in college and almost forgot about farm bureau. Like it was one of the last jobs that I applied for because I'm so involved. I'm so involved with it. It didn't really cross my mind for employment. Mm-hmm. And so um, I saw it on LinkedIn. I applied for it. It was in Hunt County and uh, the offices in Greenville, Texas. I had no idea where it was. I didn't know a single person there. <laughs> and um, I just applied and just kind of, you know, see what happens. And within 30 minutes, my boss today calls me and says, hey, we see your resume. You've been very involved with Farm Bureau. And I just want to take you in and have a conversation and, and do a, a brief interview, kind of get to know you. I was like, yeah, perfect. I didn't know if it was for a janitor for Farm Bureau or if it was for a secretary <laughs> or what. I, just, I saw Farm Bureau and applied for it. And turns out it was insurance. And so I had no insurance experience at all. I never really even thought about insurance. I knew Farm Bureau did insurance, but I, I really had no kind of interest in it or anything. But um, after meeting my boss, uh, his name is Jeff Witt. Uh, we just talked and he told me how it works and how I can uh, really be my own boss and make my own schedule. And I said, man, this is sounds like paradise. And uh, <laughs> it turns out that it really is paradise. I, I truly love what I do every single day uh, with insurance, helping people plan their futures. And I get to also have time to, uh, I'm still very involved with FFA. So I was helping, helping the uh, state officers this year, actually for the state, um, for um for officers this year out in Georgetown so uh just the flexible schedule and getting to work as hard as I want to it's the best thing ever that's awesome I'm just gonna stop for just a moment just for people that aren't familiar with the fact that there's a Farm Bureau Federation and that's the side that's the agriculturally based side the grassroots organization that really goes out and promotes agriculture and also does a lot of um, work with legislation and different things like that with ag. And then on the opposite side, which is a completely different company, mm-hmm. is the insurance side. And I just point that out because I know with my previous experience with the federation side, um, I'd run into a lot of people that didn't realize that they're actually two different companies or organizations correct, so correct. not to, yeah I just figured I'd say that real quick and we'll go back and talk more about you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I kind of I kind of forget about that because I'm, I'm involved with both of them I'm just yeah. like 
it's Farm Bureau, like all together. But yes, there are two different. Yeah, sorry, to, sorry, I missed missed out on that. There are two different um, two different entities on that. No, no, you're good. That was good. I do the same thing. <laughs> and it, it really, and you know, I think of us being just different arms of the same, you know, of the same thing, really. And I, I think that that's that's good to to point that out. And you know, it gets me curious, of course, because I've got strictly the insurance background. That's that's where I come from, is the insurance side. You know, for all of my career has always been in insurance. But I just have to say, I have to say, thank you so much, Taryn, for the plug, because I know that I would like to see more young people coming out of college and thinking about insurance as a career, especially mm -hmm. if they have an ag background and they have a desire for it, because I just think that the insurance industry in general really needs to be younger and needs to be broadened. But to kind of get back at what it is that you're doing on more of a daily basis and you talking about planning for others, how has being an insurance agent and a farmer like affected your plans? How do you kind of combine the two together? Have you have you got a plan for yourself from an insurance perspective? Of course, of course, yeah. So for the farm side, um, of course, we have an, a policy called the TAA, which is basically a, a Texas, it's called a Texas Ag Advantage. And when I was in high school and college, I had no idea about how liabilities work or what would happen if someone came to my farm and, and got sick or got hurt or if I sold a product and someone mm -hmm. ate ate some produce and got sick. I never thought of those things before joining insurance. So I'm very grateful now to have that knowledge that I can apply to my own operation. And so uh, for myself, I have a TAA policy um, and I have my tractor on there. I've got a Massey Ferguson 135. I've got a John Deere planter, 7100 planter, and I have a Roll cultivator to plow out weeds, and I have a spreader and a few other miscellaneous miscellaneous equipment. But that's the least of importance. Most important thing is your liability, of course. Yep. Um, if something comes, someone comes in my operation and they break an angle, or if they have a heat stroke or something, you know, then of course I'd be liable because they're on my operation. So if they decide to sue me, or if they decide to take me to court or something, I have liability coverage in place to protect my assets, such as my tractors, my planter and stuff like that, which of course I'm a, I'm a very small scale farmer. So as far as assets go, it's not comparable to our large scale farmers, exactly. but I still have, but I still have a few assets that need to be covered in case something were to happen. That's your future. I don't blame exactly. you. Exactly. And one last thing, probably most important is my life insurance. I have a permanent life insurance policy for my farm. And basically, I have a policy structured to where, um, let's say in five years, if I need to take out a loan and I want to buy a new planter, if I want to buy a, a four-row or eight-row planter, I'll have some cash value set aside in that policy that I can withdraw from to buy new farm equipment or if I need to take out a loan for a tractor. And so that's what I have as far as my life insurance. So I have some liquidity set aside for the future uh, when I start um, building my legacy as far as starting a family. So if I have liquidity set aside um, for that. And also, of course, if something happens to me, my family's not going to be in some kind of financial bind uh, with my farm debts or anything like that. And how old are you, Taryn? <laughs> I'm, I am 24 years old. Amazing. <laughs> you are the example of probably what 
not just 24 year olds, but a lot of the people that I know in their 30s and 40s. And unfortunately, you know, even as of late, I've met with people that are not as prepared as you are at such a young age. I just think you're awesome. Hey, you're awesome too, Vicki. Thank you. <laughs> about that. All right. Well, um, now let's just talk about now that Karen and I have done nothing but compliment each other here. Um, Tracy, you're awesome too. We don't want to leave it's a, it's you. It's a love fest. You know, I got it. We, we don't want to leave you sitting in the dark. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I brought up earlier, Taryn, was just uh, how your encouragement to people um, and the things that you do and you say and you're constantly sharing um, just thoughts with people. And so Tracy and I just kind of put together some of the things that we've read that you've said, or that you've actually shared on your social media. And we want to just kind of talk to you about it. So we're just going to tell you what it is and have you give us a little bit of background behind what you've said. All right. One thing that point came to me, it says, when you really have a passion for something, when you find something that you truly enjoy doing, you'll sacrifice time, sleep, and money. You'll sacrifice to do what you're called to do. Where did that come from? Yeah, so just just my personal belief, like with my personal situation, with me being so young, I just felt I wasn't really scared to take a risk as far as as far as going into business on my own, but with insurance, of course, I wasn't passionate about that first going in, but the more that you do something, if it's a good fit for you, I think you kind of, I think you kind of grow passion. So I believe passion is not exactly found in something that you do. I, I think it's kind of in your heart. So for example, if I was a full-time custodian or janitor, I would still be as passionate about that as I am my insurance business and my farming business, because I think passion, like I said, it's not, it's not found in just one particular, whether it be a job description or whether it be um, a hobby or something you love to do. I think passion is, is what is found within. And so um, if I, if I stopped what I was doing right now and I became a full-time custodian or janitor, or if I was a full-time, um, if I dug holes for a living just for, no reason. I would be singing with a smile on my face, the happiest man in the world, digging holes or whatever I have to do. But I just believe passion is going to be found within. So um, joining insurance, I, I really didn't know much about it. Uh, before I got into farming, didn't know anything about it. So uh, just oper opportunities within those two industries, I saw the, the demand in both of those. And so I believe passion is, is kind of a, it's a sustainable thing to where uh, the more you do it, the more you appreciate it, and you kind of that passion continues to grow over time. And so, um, I'll work weekends, I'll work till 10 o'clock, midnight. It doesn't matter to me because it's just within my heart to serve others, and it's within my heart to, to take care of God's earth and protect and feed his people. Well, that that kind of leads into the next quote, and I mean, it's it's just basically everything you just said, but just with a little bit different slant. This is Taryn's words. It's a beautiful life. 
if I can sell insurance and farm for the rest of my life, I'll be the happiest man on earth. Hallelujah. Will you really? really? I really, I truly, truly, truly would. If I could have, if I could have three insurance appointments every, every day, like one at 10 o'clock and one at two o'clock, one at five o'clock. And then if I could start my tractor up after that and plow some beautiful crops and sell some produce and maybe spread out some fertilizer, I'd be the happiest man in the world doing that every single day until my last breath. I, I truly, I truly love what I do, not only insurance, but farming. And I mean, Every single day, weekends and all, I could do it every day and be the happiest man in the world. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't, I'm just stuck with that word. It's like Karen, awesome more. Okay. So, uh, the next one that I'm going to hit on is I something that I actually personally feel very similar to what you said here. Um, you mentioned that. People need to wake up earlier and sit down and have coffee with someone they usually would not hang around and have a conversation with. Exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's two sides to that. The first one that I said about waking waking up earlier, um, I'll never forget that I had a late appointment. I was driving somewhere crazy far. It was like at least a hundred miles away uh, from my office for a for a life insurance appointment and I was out late writing some life insurance and I didn't get home till like late late and um, I didn't have any appointments in the morning until about 10 o'clock I believe but I ended up sleeping in that morning because I was literally so exhausted and turns out I had a client waiting at the office for a piece of paperwork like a very important piece of paperwork um, of course, he wasn't scheduled or anything, but it's still just the thought of someone being at the office asking for Taryn, and I wasn't there, and I didn't have an assistant at the time or anything. I didn't have any help to mm-hmm. guide the guide the person or anything. It, it was so embarrassing knowing that I was sleeping, and someone was at my office asking for me. And so um, that's kind of a reason why I say wake up earlier because if you're if you're sleeping, you're you're not. I mean. Nothing's going on productive if you're sleeping. I mean, uh, sleep's important. Get your eight hours in, you know, if possible. But when it comes to sleeping in just because you're tired, I just don't, I just can't, I don't agree with it because I've been embarrassed before because I was sleeping later than I should have been because I was a little tired and I missed opportunity to help a client. So that's my first reason why I say that. And then the second portion about having a cup of coffee, I just, I have learned so much and I've met so many people just from having coffee. I mean, I mean at Starbucks and stuff all the time. Starbucks and local coffee shops all the time. I get the same thing. It's a regular iced coffee. I'm not a like a frappuccino guy or anything. I just get a regular <laughs> I'll get a regular iced coffee or I'll get a black coffee if I'm meeting at a, at a local place. But um, I believe the world would be in a better place if people would just sit down and just have a civil conversation with someone who may not look like you, may not have the same opinion as you, you know, not only political, but just religious or anything. Someone from a totally different background and sit down with them and kind of just listen to their thoughts and and kind of hear their story of why they are the way they are and where they're from and just kind of learn to um, understand and level with people. If you come on the same level with someone, that's almost like 
putting yourself in their shoes, basically, truly understanding why they think the way that they do or why they feel the way that they do. And as a person, you'll be, you'll become so diverse that you'll, you'll have an open mind about different things. Now, of course, I, I, my, my mindset is pretty straightforward, but I don't agree with everything people say, but I think there's a way to, uh, to level with someone and, and understand where they come from. Uh, if that, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I think it, so, you know, the way I was raised too, that's called respect. Yes, ma'am. You know, you don't have to agree with somebody's or every single point somebody is trying to make, but you should at least respect how they feel about something. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. You said it in a sort of time, in a sort of time frame. (laughs) (laughs) The next thing I was going to bring up ties in and you kind of said a little bit of it previously um america has great technology and advances but we need a little bit of old-fashioned sit down and chat in this world amen and so it's kind of crazy how smart people are these days people are like freaking geniuses like we have these phones where you can touch on this screen and connect with anyone across the world you can press a button and and call everyone a call you can you can order your groceries on the telephone these days. That's, that's crazy technology, right? And it's super bene- beneficial. But I think there's a also a balance. You know, I mean, I'm kind of an old-fashioned guy to where, you know, I'm on my phone when I need to be, but I don't sit on my phone all day. And, and you know, if I'm going to eat, some, eat, eat with someone, I'm not on my phone the whole time. And that's kind of what I meant by that, like, Technology is amazing. Our phones are our, our phones are amazing. All the you know perks with those things, but in a sense, we need to kind of s- slow down sometimes and just have a little old fashioned sit down and have a conversation. Sit in a rocking chair and just talk to somebody and just hear hear where they're from and hear hear their thoughts and learn something new. I mean, most of the farm stuff that I know is not from me scrolling on Facebook. It's from me sitting down with an old man in overalls in a rocking chair, hearing his stories of the way he used to do it and how he raised his kids and how he plans on passing these things down. That's where I've learned most of, most of the things that I've learned. It's not from sitting on the telephone, scrolling on social media. I meet folks doing it that way, but I, I don't learn a whole lot about my about life through my phone. And so when I say that, I just mean, you know, it's to just sit down and pick someone's brain. You know, I have lots of, I have lots and lots of mentors and people that I look up to in my life. And so sitting down with them and asking them questions about finances, what they've done to get to where they are, uh, business, kind of their techniques for prospecting or or finding new business, or how to put out fires. Um, I mean, most of what I've learned just from sitting down with someone, mostly in rocking chairs. Rocking chairs are awesome, and, uh, <laughs> and just having is having an open conversation. Well, and I have to say that when you said how wonderfully smart we all are, that. I was kind of struck because I, I know that that's kind of a, a actually possibly a contention nowadays that people, we all think that we're really smart. And 
This quote right here, though, it kind of goes to the heart of something that to me has been really eye-opening, not only in social media, but just in my life. And I really would like to hear your take on it. Your words were, I believe a man should be based by his actions and not by his looks. I think ignorance comes in all colors. Amen. Amen. Um, yes. So, so basically, I have... I have met smart, intelligent folks from all backgrounds, all ethnicities, all races. I mean, all, all across the board. And I have met the meanest, most obnoxious, disrespectful disrespect people from, from all over, from me, all races and all ethnic groups as well. So what I mean, English comes in all colors. I think it truly, I think it truly does. And I think ignorance sometimes it can be mistaken. What I, how I define ignorance is truly not understanding. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yep. not seeing something from the full from the full standpoint. And so, I mean, as a as a young minority farmer, um, usually when I go speak somewhere or if I go <coughs> travel somewhere for any kind of agricultural stuff. I'm usually the only black guy, unless I'm at the Black Growers Association where there is a minority organization, of course. But mm. most of the time, um, I, I'm, the, I'm the only black guy. And so um, I've been surrounded by so many good people as well um, of, of all colors. But when I say inners comes in, in, all, in all colors, I truly believe because I've, I've, seen, I've seen the best and I've seen the worst of all um of all backgrounds you know and i just have to ask the question along with that taryn is because you show up and you know you're the only black guy in the room does that does that put a lot of responsibility on you i mean it, like all of a sudden like you're that's it i mean like that that's an identity thing almost correct and, but is it a responsibility that that you want to bear or that you, you know, that you're, you're good with. It just seems like a lot yes. of responsibility. I will take on all the responsibility a hundred percent. I love it. It's a great motivator for me because what you see on TV and what you may have grown up hearing and stuff is mostly, it's kind of like a stereotype, you know? And, and so my, from my standpoint, I almost want to break that stereotype. You know, people, I mean, I hate to say it, but most people think that most of the black folks doing, I mean, most folks doing crimes are blacks. I mean, statistics do show that, but at the same time, as a, as a young black guy, I do feel the respect, the responsibility to almost break that stereotype and, and be that different, be that different person. Um, I mean, honestly, when I first started getting involved in agriculture and stuff, it's a little uncomfortable. I had no idea that there was like not many black farmers at all. I mean, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So I'd go to these events. And I'd be the literally the, the only one there. And so, yeah, I do take on the responsibility to uh, that's the motivation for me to do the best that I can in everything that I do, because when I go to work every day, that's my motivation. When I meet someone new. They have met me before. They've only seen what they've seen on the TV or what they've heard, what they've grown up thinking. And they meet me. 
and they're like, wait a minute, this guy is <laughs> completely different from anything that I've seen or heard on TV. Like, wait, what is almost kind of like, what is going on, you know? But um, it is my job to make sure that people, that people understand that I want the same things that everyone else wants as, as far as success, respect, um, a good business. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to do well in life. And so mm-hmm. I take on the full responsibility of, of showing folks that I will work hard to earn that. I'm like, yes, you said so much there that during this time that we're going through, you know, with just social media, it seems like it's taking so many different angles with everything that's happening in our world right now. And what you said really struck me, just saying that you want what everybody else wants. And I think that that's honestly what all of us feel, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody just wants what everybody else wants. We want respect. um, And it kind of shakes me to the core to think that you or anybody else walks into a room and for even a slight moment hesitates Mm -hmm. with being there. And, um, I just, I applaud you for taking the stand that you do. Um, wow, that was it's very serious little subject there. And then I jumped to another one that, another thing that you said that pulled out, because I've actually done this thing that you're, you said. Um, <laughs> you will. <laughs> I don't tip as much when my Uber driver doesn't want to talk insurance. <laughs> I have been in that Uber, and I have said, so, so who do you have your insurance with? And they're like, what? And I'm like, tell me how you have your insurance, you know? And it, you can have some pretty interesting conversations with the Uber driver about insurance. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and then you throw in farming, too. So tell me about that. Yes. Yeah, so every time I get an Uber, which I'm, I'm an Uber a lot because – um, I like to travel a lot, and so I'm out of state at least once a month. I try to get out of state at least once a month. During during COVID, of course, I can't do that as much, but I do still love to travel a lot. And so my transportation is Uber. And um, so when I get in an Uber, I just want to hear where they're from. I want to, you know, hear how they got here, how they love the area. And then we're going to talk insurance and farming. And they have two options. They can talk to me about it. They can talk to me about it and get a good tip, or they can shut me shut me down and not get a good tip. And so I just I've actually written lots of auto insurance from sitting in Ubers. People people probably never actually think that I do that, but I truly have written business from sitting in an Uber. Uh, <laughs> Because we're going to have the conversation no matter what. That's not only Uber. That's literally everywhere I go. People are going to know that Taryn Moore is an insurance agent. He's a farmer. And so, like I said, they have two options. They can talk about it with me and get a good tip. Or they can try to zone me out and they don't get as good of a tip. But I just, I just, I just, want, to, I just want to help folks and understand that they uh, – make sure they understand that I'm here to take care of them and, and uh, explain my – 
my uh, path with with both with both businesses. And so, yeah, I'm in Ubers a lot. I love talking to my Uber drivers. I love the business of Uber. It's a super smart, super smart business. That whoever created that is a genius. But uh, but yeah, that's literally everyone. Not only Uber, but literally everyone. They're going to know what I do, and they're going to know what I love to do before they uh, before they drop me off to my next des- destination. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is remarkable and <laughs> inspiring, and and literally. <sighs> You know, it's just right in line with with who you are all day, every day, as far as being inspiring and motivational. To be 24 years old, to be able to say this next quote just blows me away. But here's here's another Tyrannism. Make the promise to yourself that you will never quit. Hashtag Farm Bureau Friday. What's that about? That is about just life in general. Never ever quit. And here's and here's the thing. I'll never forget when I was in um when I was in high school, my freshman year, I was on the football team. Okay. I was a junior, I was on a junior varsity football team. And I got the heck beat out of me every single day at practice. Mm. And I could not <laughs> I could not stand it. I did not want to be there. I didn't. I just wanted to do anything else but get hit every day. Cause I was not a. I was not a big beefy guy in high school. And if you see me today, I'm still not a big beefy guy. But um, yeah, I I truly just got tired of getting beat up every every day. I never got to play in the games very much. I just I was not the star athlete in high school. I ran track and I did decent in that, but I was not the star athlete in high school. And I told both my parents. Uh, when I got home one day from practice, I said, Mom and Dad, I said, uh, this whole football deal ain't working out for me too well. I I, I think I'm ready to go ahead and quit. And uh, both of them sternly said, no, it's not happening. Wow. Uh, if, if you don't, if you don't want to do it, just don't do it next year. But you cannot, you cannot and you will not quit midseason. Oh. And when I was in high school, I was like, are you serious? What in the world? Why, why can't I quit? Like, I hate it. I don't want to do it. I love watching. I love watching football. Though. I, I love to watch, go to the games and watch and stuff. But as far as my size and what I was doing, it just wasn't a good fit for me actually playing. And so um, with them telling me that I could not quit and I would not quit mid, mid-season, I did not understand that in high school. But um, I finished the season out and I didn't play the next year. And today, I truly understand why they did that for me. And I thank mm-hmm. them every day um, for instilling that in me at such a young age. Because nowadays, when folks don't like something, they'll just quit. You know, if, it's, if mm-hmm. they don't feel like it's a good fit for them, they'll just get up and just, just quit. But uh, they told me, just finish up the season. If you don't want to do it again next year, just don't do it again next year. And I've had several things that I've tried out that I truly just did not like that much. But I did not quit. And uh, I think once you quit, which once you quit one time, it becomes a habit. And that is what my parents were protecting me from is making a habit of quitting. Um, and so that's, that's, I, I truly, I truly, 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 I'm very passionate about not quitting something. If it's not a good fit for you, just don't renew your contract. Or don't do it again the next year, but do not actually quit something mid season. And so in business, you get knocked in the head. I'm sure y'all, y'all both know. Y'all are both insurance agents. So y'all understand 
in business, we get knocked in the head every day. I mean, from all the no's, all the no-shows, to get cancellations <laughs> on policies. I mean, every day you're going to get hit with something that's unexpected. And so if you have a habit of quitting, if you, if you were a quitter all through middle school, all through high school, if you were a quitter in college, you've made it a habit already. And so if you, if you get into adult life and you have a career or something, it's, if one thing doesn't go right, you're, you're, used, you're used to, so, used, so used to quitting, then you quit and you miss every opportunity. So my, that is, I'm very passionate about that. If you quit, there is absolutely no chance that whatever you're working towards is going to happen. Absolutely no chance. Like if I, if I get a cancellation on a policy tomorrow for, for insurance and I quit, then there is no chance that I'll ever be a successful insurance agent, right? Because I quit. I've, I've eliminated every single chance that it'll ever, ever happen. And so my motto, I tell everyone I talk to, do, do not quit. If it's tough, it's, it's temporary. Like literally, I, I've had, we've had tough months. We've had tough days. We have tough years. But tough times make tough people. And I think here, I think you, you can see today, there's lots of soft people in the world. They, they, one thing goes wrong and they quit or they give up or, you know, they just, they just get done. But I think if you make the habit of not quitting, you will become such a strong person to where you can literally take anything and have a, a true, that bounce back mentality. Taryn, has anybody, um, ever reached out to you to hire you as a motivational speaker? (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, you know, both of you laughed at me, but I'm just sitting here like, you've got me pumped up. I'm in tears. Sorry. (laughs) I I just think that, um, you know, people, when I know somebody who's looking for somebody, I may just send them your way. Yep. Because I do think that you have a knack for it. Let's do it. I'm down for anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the conversation, I've mentioned this earlier, you and I have had conversations before and you've been a big supporter of mine and I appreciate that. And in your words and different things that you've said and in your life, you reminded me of something that my daddy used to say. And that was that, you know, in the world that we live in, we don't just become what we want. We become what we believe. That's right. That's right. And your words today and every time you went to answer something that we asked you about, you basically just kind of, you know, back that up, back that saying up. And um, we just hear your enthusiasm and optimistic. It's just infectious. Your proof that one smile, one encouraging word and a little kindness can change the world we live in. We're honored to, that you joined us today. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I'm so glad to be here. And I thank y'all for thanking this good old country boy from, from Texas to, to talk to you guys. I, I love to love to chat and, and uh, especially I, good, I, good conversation like y'all. I think you just fit right on in with us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, for all of you listeners out there, I do, we do have a little surprise. For those of you that don't know, Taryn is quite the music man. Oh, my. I've, I know. I've heard you sing on Snapchat. I've seen a guitar. I think it was propped up in the office. <laughs> so you must play that guitar. And did I see maybe something you play? Do you play a little piano? 
I love playing piano as well. Yes, ma'am. I thought I'd seen that one as well. But you got me one day, I think it was on Facebook, and you were in your rocking chair, and you played the harmonica. Oh, yeah. And my little southern heart just fell in love with that harmonica playing. And um, for all of you out there, Taryn's agreed to play a little harmonica for us. So (laughs) in this podcast, he's going to, you know, kind of serenade us off into the sunset, so to speak. Taryn, the show is all yours. Thank you. joining us for protect and grow the podcast as always we appreciate you sharing your time with us before we go we want to ask y'all to show us some love follow us on twitter tell your friends and colleagues about us most importantly subscribe to protect and grow and don't miss the next episode this is our personal podcast any views or opinions in the podcast are personal and belong solely to the host and do not represent those people, institutions, organizations, or businesses that the host may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.